0: Have you ever wanted to take a deeper dive into the careers and the day in the life of those professions all around you?
1: One of the things I've done since I've done my business is I've done a lot of research. And you know, they're saying by 2030, you know, about 375 million jobs will be will change, will go away, or will change, will require new skill sets and new training.
0: What are the skills needed? challenges of today and tomorrow as the world of work continues to evolve. I think the kiss of
1: death is saying we've always done it this way. I think that's just a recipe for disaster in anything we do in life. And the world is littered with companies that are no longer exist who
0: thought doing it that way would work. Keith Williams, the innovative mind behind Godillo, joins us in this episode. This is Accidental Apprentice Podcast with your host, Adam Melbourne yeah but you know what guilt 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 by association is a, a very unfortunate thing so i know
1: i know and, and and it has you know like it's people don't think before they act that's, that's just a, i think there are people who've been used to doing like i think the kiss of death is saying we've always done it this way i mean that's just i think that's just a recipe for disaster in anything you do in life you know and
0: it's a lazy excuse fast. i would, I would yeah. come up with a better excuse I've, yeah, like this is the worst. Ex- I've done it this way for so many years. And I, yeah. I always follow that up with how's it working? Exactly. <laughs> like, have you woke exactly. up every morning and just a, a quick little check? It worked yesterday or checked? It didn't work yesterday. Because I got to tell you, one side of that column is going to be filled up more than the other. But you're just yes. being ignorant, not paying attention to it
1: exactly and the world is littered with companies that are that no longer exist who thought doing it that way would work <laughs>
0: yeah how's toys r us so, doing yeah
1: <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly
0: actually i say that yeah. and i heard toys r us is coming back i, I don't know how they're going to compete with like with
1: amazon i mean people are not people buy this the way we shop now unless they're going to really have a strong online presence you know that's I don't know how they could be, you know, unless they're going to give you some kind of fantastic experience in the toy store that, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. Kids are moving more towards video stuff and they're moving away from toys at a younger age now because of technology.
0: Oh, 100%. I was in this conversation yesterday uh, with a local chamber of commerce and she wants to have uh, the podcast come down for a conference she's doing on digital disruption and I was like, that's a great idea. I said, what What do you want me to do there? She goes, I want you to be at the edge of the conference kind of idea. I said, okay. And what we're gonna do is as people come in, they normally get like their headshots for LinkedIn or like we give them some sort of service. Sure. I want you to be there disrupting that service essentially and then asking them, interviewing them as they come through, pull them pull them into the booth kind of idea and say, you know, well, how has your business been disrupted or maybe you were disrupted out of your career, which forced you to go open a business or, like, you know, I like have it. Had that breakdown. I, like it. I said, that's a great idea. And of course, it she's is. like, You got to join the Chamber of Commerce. I'm like, You are slick. That was, uh, didn't wow. even see that coming. You're smart. <laughs> and she laughed. And I'm wow. like, Don't worry. I'm in. I said, after sitting there and talking to her, and I, I don't know if the chambers work the same way uh, down south as they do here, but that, business community network from the chamber is just amazing. and it is. And considering is. considering what I am doing by profiling people and careers and jobs and all that and, and getting into this conversation with employers about them promoting what they do and the opportunities to work for them because I'm taking a bit of a shift mm-hmm. over that way a little bit. And mm-hmm. when that pops in, it's like, well, what a great place to network with people that are they're there for that purpose of growing their business and their brand. If, yeah, if you can be in the right place with them is one thing, but you can you be in the right place with them when you're actually they're there for that type of conversation. I think that just checks all the boxes, right?
1: Yes. No, I, I like that. I really do. Because there's so much you can learn just by hearing about, you know, you know, about the disruption. Because one of the things I've done since I've done my business is I've done a lot of research and and um you know, they're saying by twenty thirty you know, about 375 million jobs will be, will change, will go away or will change, will require new skill sets and new training. And that's really a big push for why I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, we're, we're seeing it now with automation, you know, jobs that are redundant that are like say customer service based that can be outsourced, you know, are, are just going to go away. And, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of changes in the market. And, uh, I feel bad for a lot of the people who are in their late 40s, you know, pushing into their 50s, who've done the same type of work, like maybe customer service, you know, non-skilled work. They're really going to get affected by it. And they they just, I don't know if they just don't understand or they don't see it, but, you know, a lot of people are going to really have to retool and reskill. i'm about
0: about to jump into a really good question with you but i think i should do my formal formal introduction because as my audience knows i'm horrible at this so i have uh it's almost my moniker now um so we're here with keith williams and i am incredibly fortunate to to have keith join us on the podcast here you have created your own business called godillo and it is it's it's like i think it's what i'm trying to do with the podcast on steroids it's, it's video, it's interactive, it is in-depth, it is high-grade video, beautiful stuff, and you dive into careers, just this kind of similar conversation that I'm doing, but you profile these people in such a deeper way, like you get into the, the life of these people, um, and we're going to dig into all that right here in a second, but I want to come right back to what you were just saying about people being displaced or the, the, the trending change and evolution of work. And I, I, I have a theory, and, I, and, and, and tell me what you think of this, Sure. I think the next generation of worker is not going to get displaced. And the reason being is the next generation of worker. So if I, I'm going to say these are the people that are 25 and under right now, Yes. they have come across with such a level of flexibility in everything they do. We have seen massive innovations in the past decade easily, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, you and I have seen the, all the innovations along the way, but if you look at the really crazy stuff in the past 10, 10 years or so, these kids have lived through it, not not been, I would say, hampered or really impacted in a really negative way. They just kind of really have been flexible and bend with everything. So I think they have a, a really, perpet- uh, I'll use the word uh, affinity, to being capable of change, rapid change, massive change, and they don't see it as disrupt- disruptive they see it as an opportunity for them to kind of like pivot and turn and that that isn't even a trendy phrase for them they just like doing it in fact they're expecting it so i think their level of flexibility as things continue to change they're going to recognize that change coming and see okay like this particular task i'm doing i can see how this is going to change so they're either going to do two things prepare for the change because they see it coming a mile away or even in fact they would actually bring the change on and direct the change and steer the change because they've they've seen this evolution Whereas mm-hmm. the people in the workplace right now are back to something we said right at the beginning. We've we've always done it this way. They're so used yes. to that. That's why it's yes. called disruptive. Yes. So do do you agree that you think do you do you think I'm on the uh, not too far off the uh, not too far off planet by saying that next generation probably isn't going to suffer from the same problems and, and maybe they'll even bring more on.
1: I, I agree with you, and, and here's why. Uh, first of all, that next generation has seen the challenges that the older generation has has gone through. So they've seen the layoffs, they've seen their parents affected by the economy changing and having to either go find new jobs or acquire new skill sets. So they're learning from that. Also move them You know, we have better data analytics to understand what's going on, so they have technology to further empower them. The other thing, too, is um, I think we should never underestimate creativity. We're living in a time where someone can make a living off of video games, right? Things that the older generation may not understand, but the younger generation has figured out how to make a career out of it because they have a tribe or an audience that that embraces that. And so there's, they are, I think this generation, like you said, they're more flexible and they also are better at understanding, you know, how to take advantage of opportunities. They're turning their passions and interests into viable career opportunities. So yes, that's, that's, you know, that's my take on it in terms of them being able to be a little bit more uh, you could say marketable or being able to not be outsourced or disrupted as much by the change.
0: Yeah, they they accept the fact, um, another bit of a, I don't want to call it a generational divide, but it probably is, um, where they accept the fact that they themselves have to, they almost have to market, them, even if they don't want to be on social media and they, they want to make a career based on that, they understand that their identity um, needs to come with a little bit of confidence, a little affirmation. And that they have to be able to somewhat brand themselves in a way that we've taught them they're unique. We've taught them, taught them that they're capable of being themselves and that's important to be themselves. And they recognize that. And so they do that. And that's kind of imperative in this new world of work because that individual unique nature of who you are is really part of why people are, are – that's where the shape of employers are moving. They're moving away from – I need you to be able to do these these particular tasks on a piece of paper to we need this type of person we need a person Mm -hmm. that brings these characteristics these skills maybe even certain experiences but even then they're not getting too hung up on the experiences they're getting hung up on the attributes and the characteristics of the person and so that new worker is building around that so they know it's a combination of life experiences work experiences educational experiences and they they really grab from a lot of different things in life and bring it all together and The the current generation of worker has seen the need for that, but yet haven't afforded themselves the opportunities to go do that. So I think that's also we're kind of disrupting ourselves by saying we know this is what we need. We're not going to go do it, but we're going to set it up for the next people to do it.
1: You know, it's it's funny that you say that.
0: I I think it's the
1: difference of expertise over experience. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. I went into a barber shop. I was checking out a barber shop with my son and there were two barbers, you know, and because it's a new barber shop, I was just talking to the barbers and one of the barbers was older. One of the barbers was younger. The older one had more experience and you could, and you know, he talked about his Google reviews because we were just talking. I wasn't getting my haircut at the time. And the younger one had an Instagram account with a number of pictures. Now he had less experience, but he was able to pull out his, his phone and say, here's the work I've done. Oh, yeah. And he had he was more booked he was busier than that older barber who I'm sure had more experience because there's an age gap one's been doing it longer the more successful one and whether that older barber was better than the younger barber remained to be seen but the younger barber is what I call show me economy he had he knew how to he knew how to leverage technology to increase his reach and to demonstrate what he was capable of so i say expertise And innovation over experience, just because, like you said, we're saying, just because you've been doing it for years this way and doing Google reviews. And, yes, Google reviews are important, but having an Instagram page, the technology is free. Why would you not take advantage of it? The older barber probably didn't see a value in Instagram, but guess what? The younger barber was more booked. He showed me his book of business. The older barber was not as busy.
0: Yeah, and that's – it's so true. Show me society, right? And and we're looking – you know, we really, I guess some people that get, they get their, how can I put it? They get down on that a little bit and they think, it's, is it unfortunate that that's the way things have gone? But I also think about the fact that I've, I've listened for the past, you know, two, three decades that you really got to be careful how you spend your money. You need to get the value. You work hard uh, to achieve the things you want in life. And so you don't want to waste it. So you want a, a good product. Well, isn't, isn't that younger barber just doing exactly that? and saying like here's my product and I'm really proud of my product and let me show you my product and that way you can decide what you want to spend your money on and have confidence in that's a good thing it's like we've taught people to do that and I always think it's interesting how uh, as a general general populace we 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 praise that type of mentality like we, we think it's a, we want that and then when it happens, we turn around and go, "Oh, look how that's changing everything." It's, it's like mm-hmm. we we want our cake, want a cake and uh, eat it too kind of mentality. It's it's very interesting, and it, I think it, it throws a lot of curveballs and a lot of weird avenues.
1: As also, we're a risk averse society. You don't go to a restaurant or on a vacation without reading a review.
0: So true so, true.
1: so he he understands the market. The younger guy. Truly understands the market. He knows that haircuts are visual. People have to see what you've done with the haircut. I can make an assessment by looking at, well, he did a good job. The hair, the hair looks good that he cut. You can't argue that. Whereas a review could be interpreted. A Google review could be, hey, his friend just did a good review. Who knows? You know, you can't. It doesn't give you that full story. I'm not downplaying the, the review, but we have to understand the market we're in it's it's for example i always say like the beeper generation and the cell phone generation beepers are gone they're not coming back sure. <laughs> we're we're on smartphones now so you have to be able to change with the market the market changes you can't be stuck on what we did in the past it, it's not relevant anymore you know it's like if you used to fax your resume and now we we email resumes. In. You have to be able to adapt and change to the current market. If you don't, you get left behind. You know, and as you, as we were saying earlier, there are a lot of companies that didn't change and they got left behind. Look
0: at Blockbuster. Oh yeah, no well, and, versus Netflix. <laughs> and and you're kind of segue into. I think I want to say, take this as a segue into kind of what you're doing. Yes. So your work with Godillo is. Well, describe to the audience exactly what it is the the mission statement or the I say mission, sure. I say mission statement and I'm smiling because I've been asked a couple times recently to develop a mission statement for the podcast and it turns mm-hmm. into like a one-page story and they keep laughing at me going you clearly don't have business training and I I'm like no, I podcast, so no, I don't. Uh we need to fix that. So anyways, let's see if you have that better than me. So- sure,
1: sure. Sure. So Adam, the mission of GoDialo is to use video and storytelling to help expose its audience to careers and professions, jobs in the trades, technology, healthcare, and education. It's about telling the story so that people can so we can close the gap between expectation and reality. So it's that simple. So Wow. What what we essentially do is we go out and we find people who are working in professions that are growing and that have a need for workers. And we interview these people, and we have them share a day in the life what they do. The purpose is to help educate students and job seekers learn about this profession before they go into it. So think of it as, the, as as a online review for a job. And it's like I was saying, people don't go to a new restaurant or go on vacation without reading a review now, if you're going to go into a job, a career where you're going to make a living, having a review, getting information from somebody who's been there is beneficial. I think it's essential. There are very few people who are going going to go into a new profession without doing some research. And what we've done simply is we've done the research. The best way to learn about being a doctor is from a doctor. The best way to learn about being a lawyer is from a lawyer. The best way to learn about being a plumber is from a plumber. There, I, there's no substitute to learning about something from someone who's actually doing it. There's I've, there's another way I'd, I'd, I'd love for somebody to tell me.
0: No, but, that's um, it. And so what are some of the questions? like? Um, when you get these professionals to engage, um, sure. like, wh- where, where do you take them in the conversation? Aside from so, a day in the life.
1: Sure. So the first thing I try and do is I try and ask them to tell me the process. Because everybody wants to know how did you get there? Right? So I asked them, tell me how you got there. The next question I'll ask is, um, what kind of income can people expect? Tell me, you know, a couple of things that you do during the day with your you know, what's a typical day like, then tell me how the characteristics of people who'd be successful in this profession. That's really important. Um, And to tell me what you do during the day, because what I'm trying to do is have people share the things that the HR people don't share. So, for example, I interviewed a business analyst. Now, he shared that he can that the job. Sometimes he's working 60, 70 hours a week. The HR people are not going to tell you that when you take that job. If you're somebody who is used to working 40 hours and you get a job, And it's 60 to 70 hours, now there's a gap between expectation and reality. And that's typically when you have a problem. You know, when you get a job and it's not in the expect the gap between expectation and reality is big, then you have a problem. So what I try and do is I try and make sure that I have people talk about the things that the HR people are not gonna tell them. Talk about the things that you might not simply be able to Google, right? Because there's value in learning about a job from somebody who's done it. They're gonna share things with you that you're just not gonna, you're not gonna know unless you've worked in the profession. And those are critical because those are the things that are gonna make you decide whether, hmm, this job's for me or it's not. I interviewed a personal trainer once and he was sharing that, hey, you know, sometimes I'm training my clients at five in the morning because they're business people and that's when they're available to train. Guess what? If you don't like getting up in the morning early, you probably shouldn't become a personal trainer. Oh, yeah. so it, you know, so it's about having, especially our young people, understand what is expected of the job. Just like in the trades, you know, you know, they're, they're trades where you're going to earn and learn. So it'd be nice to know that you know, if you're becoming an electrician, you're not gonna you're going to do a lot of grunt work. You're not going to be able to 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 actually work on things right away. And you have to understand the process of what that takes. But then also you get paid while you go. You're an apprentice. So these are things that people who are working in the profession can share. They can share some of the the things that they don't like. Like I always tell people, share it. Tell me something that was a surprise to you. Tell me something that you really enjoy. So once you start getting those questions, you start to now get a profile and then in the end, I ask them, what are some resources that they can look at to learn more about this profession, right? So the, the, the goal of GoDilo is to first tell the story based on someone, you know, based on people's experiences. And I try and interview people in multiple career sets, like multiple different people in different locations so you can get different perspectives, even though there's are multiple plumbers. A young plumber, an older plumber will give you a different perspective. And so that's kind of one of the things I focus on with Godilo and then uh, making sure that we have, you know, data and information, you know, what are the salaries? Um, how much time does it take to get the training? I mean, these are things that are really important for somebody to know before they go into the profession.
0: Did I answer that? I hope I didn't. No, it was excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I'm just sitting here taking notes while you're reading because um, sure. there was a couple of things I, I was thinking about in this conversation. I love, I love, I love this because, you know, one of the reasons this podcast even came to be is uh, maybe from a similar vein is that I know when folks are, you know, and particularly youth, but even those that are maybe underemployed or unemployed are looking for ideas of spinning the career wheel or or going in a new direction. There's not as much as there's the internet, which people go just go on the internet. If you've ever really tried to dig into what a career is on the internet, you're just going to be inundated by mostly post-secondary institutions colleges what have you training colleges career colleges and you're going to see all that pop up in the search engines and you're going to get all kinds of course descriptions and you're going to get information about what the you know that perspective looks like going through those pathways but you don't really get a lot of deep dives into the actual careers very 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 limited right yes and and not with authenticity and not with structure so yes. where you take that profile with the the guest and I've, I've gone through a few of them and I'm just like wow like I'll tell you Keith you're helping shape up my interview tactics when I bring people on profile in their specific career. Um, Hello? it's just it runs really well, runs really smooth and I I have to really com- commend that. Oh, you still there? Hello. Oh, I've got you. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, ha- yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No got worries. cut off. <laughs> I, I have yeah, to, go have
0: I have to commend you. Like I mean, it's um i, I saying I was pulling from uh, i I'm pulling from some of your interview tactics, I'll be honest with you. Um, you're helping me sure. clean up my interview tactics when I get people that I'm doing just their career piece on. It's because um, sure. you, you build such a beautiful picture that it does help create a great snapshot to mm-hmm. entice people to want to go deeper. But a, yes. a question I've run into, and it's a challenge here in Canada, and I don't necessarily know in the U.S. if it's the same challenge. But I'm, I'm sure this is probably not um, geographically dependent. But entry-level positions. So a lot mm-hmm. of these careers have entry-level positions. Correct. But where it has become a very apparent problem is that many employers have lost touch of what entry-level actually is. They have just continued to ramp up the requirements for what entry-level is with the expectations of either getting a higher caliber candidate in their mind or mm-hmm. someone that will be ready to dive right into the job and not receive any specific training. Is this a yes. challenge that is, is plaguing everywhere as well, like maybe not just north of the border?
1: Uh, yes, it is. It is. Um, it, it, it's a challenge because um, companies don't want to invest in the training. They want people who are ready to do the work. Now, I'll tell you where I've seen companies make adjustments And that is in professions where they have shortages of workers. So I recently was interviewing um, I was interviewing a manager of an HVAC company. And what he said is that they'll take people with no experience because their older generation of workers are now starting to retire. And because there's physical demand of the job, because they're their HVAC is, is air conditioning. So they're going climbing into places and, you know, going into attics. So that's wear and tear on an individual who's, you know, pushing late fifties to sixties. So now they're forced to say, Hey, we'll take this young person with no experience. Now we're going to pay them less as they're, as they're learning. But, um, you know, it's still, it's still a good wage because again, you have shortages of workers, but um, their their pay will go up based on their performance. Again, this is one individual I'm speaking about. So I can't say that that's for the entire industry. But you know, I would imagine that his competitors are probably doing something similar, I would say that it's not too far off when you hear one company is doing it. And so I think if there's a shortage of workers, companies are now being forced to make adjustments in terms of what they're demanding because the market at the end of the day is going to rule. If there's a shortage, if they don't have people who are have the experience and they still need people, then they have to make the adjustment, the, the uh, employers, and it becomes more of a job seeker's market.
0: Yeah, and I, I certainly think that's where the market... I know, uh, speaking Canadian market right now, but I know that's definitely where it is. Like they refer to it as like the the, the sellers' market, uh, yes. in a sense right now because it's the, the skill, uh, skilled trade shortage is one thing. But if I take a deeper dive across the landscape of employment, um, you can go into the world of supply chain management. You can go into the world of agriculture. You can go into food and service. Uh, it's everywhere. Everywhere is looking for people, and they're screaming. You hear the screams for. We're shortage, we have shortages, we need uh, qualified people, skilled people. And I sometimes look at the big landscape and think to myself, is this shortage, and this is just a deep dive question here, is this shortage partly resulted, and I know there's many reasons, but I think one of the reasons may be that they have raised the requirement for entry level so high over the past you know, 20 years, they just keep moving it up a notch at a time. That by raising it so high, they can't find the people to get those entry-level positions anymore. They've created this gap. And that is helping contribute to the fact there's also a lack of interest. Because the thing is, like, if I'm applying to these fields um, or hearing about my friends who have graduated schools and institutions and they apply to these fields and they can't get these jobs because they don't have the qualifications or experience or whatever the check boxes are that need to be filled, then I, myself think, geez, if they couldn't get it, I'm not going to get it. And so I go a different direction. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something else that seems to be not as rigorous to get into. Um, and I try to build my career from there. Maybe later on in life, I'll have a lateral shift, but that's a different story. So sure. we start creating these gaps because we've moved the entrance level and we've kind of curtailed people away. I mean, we have, we have stigma issues as well. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But, I, but I believe that the, the entrance level has been – this has been a recent revelation with some of the guests I've had on. They've really brought this conversation into light that by by raising that entrance level requirements, they've created new barriers that actually have helped contribute to this gap with some sectors.
1: That makes sense because you you remember a couple years ago when the economy had taken a downturn and it was more of an employer's market. The employers started raising ridiculous credentials for jobs. I, I agree with you. I do remember that. And that was because the economy was weak there weren't as many jobs and then the economy got better like like anything the economy is cyclical and people started retiring and as a result now they were not prepared and they just and also people we didn't guide people into the proper prof, into the professions where we had shortages so i think part of it is there's a stigma on the trades so we didn't push people into the trades and then the older trades workers started retiring you know, in the Atlanta area, I'm in Metro Atlanta and I was doing research and there are very few high schools. There may be like, you know, like I'd say less than 5% of high schools have vocational and trade programs. Wow. You know, and that's just one location. That's just one city. You know, I I can't speak for the entire country, but I'm pretty confident that, you know, it, it probably isn't any different. And so, you know, if we... If we have a shortage, like you said, some of this we created ourselves, and it, it, yes, in part it is because the standards of the entry level was raised so high. But now what we're seeing, and I've seen reports on this recently, is that they are letting people who are ex ex convicts or ex I, I we like to call them returning citizens. Right. They are now being given job opportunities. I've seen programs in the trades, and I was at a trade school where they said, "Hey, we're we're we have." People who are coming from the prison straight to the school to to go study because the state is also funding. It's a state funded technical school. And so they're getting funding and they're now not, there's not as big a stigma for them having a criminal background to get a job in the trades. Now, obviously, some jobs it's harder, some jobs it's not, but they're saying, you know, for some jobs, because it's a testament to how much of a demand we have for some of these jobs. So I think that as the market shifts, it forces the employers to shift.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's crazy. Now, all these observations, Keith, I, I got to get down to, uh, let's go back into to, uh, to how you started uh, your own sure. business. Like why, where yes. did this come from? And I know you're based in Atlanta now and we spoke previously, that's definitely not where you started. So maybe you can give the audience a background of how you've got sure. to where you are.
1: Sure. So I am, I am Canadian uh, dual citizenship and I, yes. (laughs) And so, yeah, I get that question a lot. How did you end up in Atlanta as a Canadian? So I, when I graduated, I went the university route because my parents pushed that at the time and this is the early nineties. So it was pretty common. So my background was really in sales. I worked, uh, when I graduated, I went to Trent university in Peterborough, Ontario. I graduated in 94. I worked in Toronto. My first job out of school was a retail job at Future Shop, so I had a sales background. And um, I eventually moved from retail to you know, inside sales jobs, like corporate jobs, non-retail, and worked my way up and got myself working in the technology space and moved to Atlanta in 99. And then um, I moved to Philadelphia for four years, which is where I started the business. And I started the business in 2016. And the reason I started the business was that uh, for starters, I recognized that in my career, I had people who helped me out and I was really grateful for it. So I, when I had the ability to create a platform that I could pay it forward, um, I, I jumped on it. I also noticed that there wasn't anything in the market that was doing that. And um, I really enjoy hearing people's stories. But the thing that I know is a challenge right now, uh, another thing that really reinforced me starting this business is that, I think the biggest challenge for people getting into new careers is first of all, it's exposure. You know, you can't apply for what you don't know. You know, especially people who are just starting and even people who are older who get laid off. Sometimes they're just not aware of what are the professions that are out there that are growing and then networks because a lot of opportunities that I've had in life have come because of my network. And for young people especially if you're 18 your network really consists of who your parents know. And and I felt like putting this platform at levels the playing field because now you have young people who may not have a good network, now they can get on this site and have access to advice from people who they may not who don't who they don't have in a network who're sharing valuable information and advice. And then the other thing is understanding the process. You know, a lot of people don't understand the process and how do I get into a new job, you know? And so I felt by highlighting the process, having stories, you can have an impact on people's lives. And I look at this, I look at myself as a link between the professionals who are willing to help people because most people would take a few minutes of their time Help, everybody I've interviewed has told me they would would take a few minutes of their time to help a young person or a job seeker, especially a young person. And so what we're doing now is we're bringing these two groups together, and it's changing lives because when you get exposed to a profession and you you hear the story, you understand the process, and you go from let's say you're you know maybe you don't you're, you weren't going to go to college, you know you're working a retail job, maybe you're eight, 19, 20. And you get into a trade that increases your income and puts you in a job that you enjoy. Now we're changing lives. And that's really what the mission of Godilo is to do is just expose these people to these professions and then, you know, have content and information that shares the process and what the resources are out there to help them make that change. So that and, you know, kind of a long answer, but that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell.
0: Oh, no, you painted a great picture. And where did the name Godilo come from?
1: Yeah, great question. So it came from "Glimpse of a Day in the Life of." Huh. I wanted, a, yeah, that's how that's how I came up with, it. and, and the uh, URL was available, so I wanted people to, I wanted it to be somewhat, you know, techie Google type, and so uh, go dialo "Glimpse that's, of a Day in the
0: Life of." Listen, I'm I'm getting a, a conversation right now from a bunch of uh, marketing students that they're they keep coming back to me about potentially changing my, my brand, my name. And, uh, I kind of laugh and I go, well, it was named by a bunch of, uh, elementary school students. So I'm not going to take, take offense. <laughs> yep. I, was, I was like, except I did pay to go register everything under that. And I do have some marketing and branding stuff around it. I said, but you know what? Um, I recognize it kind of you got to really be careful with, careful with this stuff. And I mean, less to anyone listening to me who is thinking that they can do their own podcast and stuff, I, all the power to you. If you ever need any help or advice, I'm, I'm all over it. But on the flip side of things, um, uh, be slow in the investment of the stuff you're going to buy with your branding or be like oh, yes. or spend some time into getting the brand developed and, and mm-hmm. test it with some folks that and, you know. Go do that work because Accidental Apprentice is a great name. I love it. It makes sense. But wow, talk about pigeonholing yourself into a, a sector. And not, not yeah. being a, And so like, I've got someone coming on from the world of esports. Um, we had a three and a half hour interview and I've been uh, really trying to, to chop it down as far as I can. And uh, so anyways, he's coming on. He loves the concept. He loves everything. And he's like, you know, at some point in time, you're probably going to get stuck changing your brand. I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm aware. I'm open to it. I said, do you got any aims? <laughs> he starts laughing I'm like because I don't know where to go with it I'll have to figure this out but uh, it's really important and I love it I mean I, I absolutely love it and the fact the simplicity of it I never would have pieced together that it, it was actually the, the entire phrase of what you're doing so that was yeah. that's incre- and, clever clever
1: yeah yeah I wanted to be honest with you I wanted a dialo at first which is a day in the life of but that wasn't available
0: yeah the and, and unfortunately in this day in age too is like anytime someone can think of something and they think it has value; they'll just go buy. They the, buy they'll go buy the URL for yeah, a heck know, of it. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. I've seen that. Trust yeah. me, I've seen that. Well,
0: my, yeah. my I'm fortunate. A good friend of mine is the gentleman who who always uh, deals helps me deal with a lot of my tech and uh, and IT kind of stuff. And so when I was playing around with the idea of turning this into a podcast and all that, he emails me back. Goes, I've already got the URLs, and he's already done this, and I've done that. So stupid me! I just say to myself, "Okay, well, I have to stay with it now," not realizing it's five seconds like in 12 bucks.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) So
0: a year later, I'm like, man, really got to dig into that stuff a bit better. But I mean, please, anyone listening, uh, take some advice out of that, right? So put some work into it. So what, what is on the horizon? What's next? For me, it's about
1: increasing the vendors on the site. And for me, the vendors are really the meat of the business, which is these are the resources that help people now make the change because you tell the story by having the videos, but the real value comes in having resources on that site in one convenient location. So if I've seen a video on plumbing, you better have some resources to help me become a plumber that are on the site in one location. People want convenience. So having the resources and then mapping out what, and I'm gonna do a a podcast called Roadmap Mapping out the process by having people get on 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 a podcast and say, "Here's how you do it. Here's how you go step by step by step. Here are the resources." Because that, I think, is the biggest obstacle for most people. If most people, if most people could change careers and do better for themselves and be in a position, be in a, a career that they enjoy more, they would do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the challenge for most people, especially young people is just understanding the process. So having those resources there to say, here's how we do it. Here's how you make the change. That's really what I'm pushing for. And then finally I have what I call a big vision app that I'm that I want to develop, which I think is going to really require not just so much the funding, but require a change in the culture. But I want to have a mentor app. A mentor app where people can have virtual mentors where they communicate with that person through an app with a 15-minute commitment, with an outline breaking down the type of questions that would be typically asked and making it a weekly basis that they're connecting with that individual. So I want companies to buy into, to have their employees volunteer 15 minutes of their time to be a mentor in professions where we have shortages Because a lot of people I've interviewed have all said they would love to mentor someone. And I think that most people, if given the opportunity to help someone, especially a young person, and it doesn't take up a ton of their time because we got to respect people's time, would give 15 minutes. Because one of the first things I ask when I feature people to be interviewed on my site is I ask them, would you take five to 10 minutes to give a high school student advice on your profession that's that's kind of my litmus test for me telling whether this person puts a value on helping others. It's a yes or a no. Yeah, and that's how we proceed. Uh, you know, I've learned that people invest time in what they value. If they value helping others, they'll do it. If they don't, they won't. It's that simple. And that's why I feel like the mentor app taps into people's values. It, it, you know, you'll make 15 minutes a week if you think it's important. If you don't, you
0: won't. No, that's it. And you're, you're, I mean, that's such an amazing idea, Keith. And I, I cannot wait, because I know from the world of workforce development, I know from the trades, I know my experiences, I'll tell you, a common trend that's been identified for at least the past two years, I've really been in this world heavily, is that job coaching and mentorship is one of the biggest uh, derivatives of a successful opportunity for a new worker and yes. their their ability to succeed in that something that they either have a skill in or an affinity for or a passion for really is going to come down to that ability to have someone serve as a coach and yes. serve as a, a guiding light and it doesn't mean they have all the answers and it certainly doesn't mean they hold their hand but by feeling connected to someone with experience just makes you feel welcomed and that is really important when we talk about people that are venturing into careers that especially you talked about you, your parents' network. So you start venturing into careers in the world outside of what your parents know. You really feel like you're out in an island. You really feel lonely. Oh, yeah. And you know you can't count on your parents for a whole heck of a lot. I mean, they'll do their best, but even they are learning new things every day you come back with something. So you really feel isolated. And eventually that feeling of loneliness and isolation and confusion, it all kind of comes together and they, they, they start to pick at all the negativity and they, it's not worth it to them now. They, they start mm-hmm. they start putting value on it and then they just make a change and they get away from yeah. something that could have been, you know, years of happiness. And we all, as we all get older, we're all looking for something that we want to be productive. We want to be meaningful, but we also want to make a living and live a quality of life that is, you know, comfortable, at least in some capacity. And uh, we can do good for those around us. You know, we try to balance all of that. And when something feels out of that, out of sorts, we're we're going to do what we can to make the changes. But And also... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You no, know, no, I was just gonna yeah, say it really sucks if we cut the if we cut things short um, on a career that maybe 15 years later you come back to and realize, darn it, that was the one I should have stayed at.
1: Yeah, and you know another thing, and I heard this on your podcast from one of your guests, the mentor, the person who's doing the mentoring, who could be an older worker, it rejuvenates them. Mm-hmm. It has them take more joy in their work because now they have this young person I heard this on your podcast nice I forget who the guest was but I distinctly heard him saying look when these older workers come in and they mentor a younger person now they come to work with a little bit more pep in their step it rejuvenates them because they have a purpose now and so it makes for a better work environment it was one of your guests oh gosh you I know what? Who it, was. it was
0: it was Lindsay amundsen from the building trades yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's it, it. Cause that's she did it. that whole thing on the mentorship and they had the yes. mentors and mentees meet, uh, meet up after yes. all these years. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I heard that night that really stood out and I said, wow, he's, she's right. She's right. I get it. You know? So I think I see a value in it. and I see a value in your podcast too. So I learn new things when I listen to your podcast. So, oh, uh, you know, so um, I really appreciated that. That was really good. That jumped out at me. And so that's why I feel like it's so important for the, uh, for the mentor piece. It's, you know, and, and like I said, everybody that I've interviewed, they all say, Hey, if we, if, if there's ever somebody who needs help share my information. In fact, one of the women I featured on was a game designer. I had a, a mother reached out to me and said her daughter wants to become a game designer. Can you connect me with the woman you have on your site? And I said, sure. I reached out to her. I said, Hey, there's a high school girl. And the woman was like, sure, of course. She said, yeah, you know, it was a no brainer. So I'm not sure what the results were. I know they connected, but you know, that's the power of what I'm trying to do.
0: That's It's amazing. I think there's the impact is going to be huge, Keith. I mean, your, your quality of your content, I mean, in a day and age where, a lot of people have the ability to create content. The quality mm-hmm. of what you produce is beautiful. I got to go off and say that right away. Thank you. And the flow and the flow of the interviews is fantastic. Now, let me ask you a bit more of a just a, a funny, sure. I think, process question, and uh, I think we'll have to get into a bit of a wrap up. But sure, how hard is it to find guests? And uh-huh. is it? Do you find that challenging? Because I mean, we're in the a similar business <laughs> here, and I find sometimes my own experiences is that it's not too difficult. But then I've had a few moments where I've I've found guests and I thought to myself, oh, I need to back out of this. Actually, you're not going to be a good guest because you're a great person. But as soon as I started interviewing and trying to get conversations, it's not that they couldn't talk. It's actually some of their stories were, wow, this isn't going to motivate anybody. And Mm -hmm. you went through some really difficult stuff that maybe we should talk about, but not on a podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you, here's what I've found. Um, I have found that it's based on people's values. I'll tell you, women have been the most helpful people. Oh, women wow. have been the most willing by far oh, yeah. to help. So I, you know, I start to understand the profile. Also, um, I would say region of the country. So I lived in Philadelphia when I started a business. And people in Philadelphia in the Northeast tend to be a little bit less trusting than they are in the southeast, so people in the southeast. And I hate to generalize, but again, I'm just going to go on my experiences, right? Right. People in the southeast have been a little bit more willing to help, right? So I think the region plays into it. I also think um, the age of the workers. Some of the older workers, believe it or not, are more willing because they, you know, they understand, you know, like people who are closer to retiring. You know, and so I think one of the things that depends on how you approach people. So what I do, like I said, I ask people, would you be willing to help a young person? And again, that taps into your values. If you start saying, ah, no, then I know it's not for you and I move on, you know, and I explain to people that, look, this is going to take 10 minutes. If you make it easy for people, it's hard for them to say no. So I tell them, hey, it'll take 10 minutes, you know, and I'm going to send you the questions in advance. And I always, you know, I remember one person who and there are times when I've had people who I there was one guy I was interviewing and he made it a commercial about himself and so I so I said now I said first of all in my head I'm like look I'm gonna put your company name on you know but he made it such a commercial like it was obvious you know you'd ask him a question he wouldn't even answer the question he'd start talking about his business (laughs) and he's going and I'm like you didn't even answer the question you know and what he didn't realize was he could give good advice and it would it would promote his business even more because it would come off as less cheesy and less over the top because I said you have to understand we're doing this to help young people you know we're doing this like do you not understand at some point someone helped you when you started you didn't just learn this so understand the purpose if people don't understand the purpose and it doesn't align with their values I don't want to feature them on the site And what's helped me is because I have a sales background, I'm not afraid to just pick up the phone and call a stranger or reach out to them. I clearly communicate why I'm calling. I have a body of work to show them. So I take them to the website and it really taps into people's values. Like I I remember, and even when they say no, I kill them with kindness. Like I had one guy who turned me down and I said, that's okay. You know, we're looking for people who are good at what they do and care about helping people. I appreciate it. (laughs) And he came back and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you know, so it's true. That's what I'm looking for. I tell you this is not for everybody, you know, and I sort of did it as a dig to him because I felt like he was a bit of a jerk. Yeah. You know, because he made a comment about, you know, young people are lazy and I didn't like that comment. I said, that's OK. You know, we're looking for people who are good at what they do and want to help others, which is true. Yeah. And so it was a dig. It was a dig at him in a subtle. It was a subtle dig at him. But yeah it is hard it is it depends on the individuals and so it is hard but you have to you have to find people who put a value on helping others and make it easy for them. So I tell people look I'll come to you or we could do it on Skype. When you make it easy for people and they see the value, they do it.
0: Yeah yeah and I've, I've seen that trend and, and I think the other thing that's really interesting that I've I found is when I t- take someone back and I, I kind of say to them, don't even, don't even tell me the story of how you started right now. Like, I basically ask them, just think back to how you started your career. And they always come back with a, a, a sound effect, like a scoff or an eye roll or a big sigh, like, oh, it was so challenging. It was so, so difficult. And, and sure. I, I say to them, would you have done anything differently knowing what you know now? And they, there's always a yes. I, mean, I, think, I think very few people I know say, no, I, I did exactly what worked. And, and then I say, okay, well, so if someone's going to follow down a similar path to yours, would you have anything you want to tell them? And they just start to light up. Like it starts, the wheels just turn on this cog in the I back like of the brain. And then all of a sudden now they're anticipating and I go, well, I can't put you on for four weeks, but <laughs> and then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm getting emails all the time I go, okay, right on. I got them ready to go and I, I oh, get them yeah. all fired up. So that when we sit down, it is, uh, it's coming out. My last couple of guests have been just like, I call them firecrackers. It's been insane. I just sit down and let back and go, wow, here's the mic. And I'll keep a notepad so I can kind of manage a little bit of flow. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, amazing. And then you find things that you didn't even know, which is, Mm -hmm. I love getting people to share. We see them in the role they're in now. And that's, that itself is a great conversation, but I love getting them to take me down the journey of how they got there. And yes. I get more and more surprised uh, every time I have. I had the CEO of a chamber of commerce come on, and when I found out she had a degree in psycholo- psychology, and she used to work with young offenders and at-risk youth, basically handcuffed mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> and I'm
1: like, yeah, I looked at wow. her and I'm like, that was your start? <laughs> <laughs> wow, no
0: idea. And so I love those, love those conversations every,
1: everybody has a story, and it is enjoyable to hear people's stories. It certainly is. And I it, like that,
0: and I really want people. Uh, you know t- those those job seekers that are out there and the people that are, I I really hope are going to dig into your content because it is extremely valuable what your the stories and the in-depth pieces you're getting these people to share about their careers it it just answers so many questions in a nice structured fashion they can get the information if they want to dig deeper it's so straightforward i love it but but you know the combination of of understanding that it isn't always straight straightforward and it, people don't always end up exactly where they think they're going to end up and things move. Really, the big goal I find is trying to eliminate that anxiety and pressure that we see put Sorry. on. Eliminating the anxiety and pressure we see put on with kids today. They, they look at high school, and they have to make all these big life decisions, and if they mess any of these decisions up, they're they're screwed. They're not going to get anywhere. And I'm trying to, to, to help spread the message and share the stories that Most of the people around you that you look at that you think have have it all figured out, first of all, they don't think they've got it figured out. And two, they sure as heck didn't start there. How they got there will blow your mind. And you start sharing that story. And they start to realize that, wow, okay, I'm not really going to mess it up. But don't squander your opportunity to learn. Don't squander your opportunity to try things. And that's really, really important no matter where they want to go.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. I, I when I when I run into young people, I tell them now's the best time to take chances and whatever dream or whatever it is you always wanted to try and do go, go try it. You know, and if it fails, you're you have the luxury of time that none of that a lot of older people don't have. No. So you can always get back on track.
0: Yeah, and as older people, the ones crazy enough to try this stuff now. So imagine how successful you could be when you don't have nearly the the risk that we have when we run out and try to do these things. Oh yes, (laughs) yeah, I love, I love, (laughs) I love love getting this stuff started. And someone looks at me and they go, "So this is what you're going to do for a living?" And I'm like, "I hope so." But right now, I got to have a job to pay the mortgage. And I commend the fact that you you Godilo is full time. Like that is what you do. And I'm so. So envious and so proud to see that. I mean, it's awesome. Thank man. you. Awesome stuff. Thank you. It is. It is
1: scary though. You have some times where you wake up at two in the morning and it's, you know, you're wondering how how you you know this business is going to survive. So it, it is scary. It's not easy.
0: You know what? You have a extremely quality uh, product. I was I would like from a business standpoint and your passion and personality and empathy i think is what's probably setting it apart man and i Thank love you. i love the work and so where can people find everything uh, please send everything sure. right now where can everybody find you
1: sure so the website is www.godilo.com um, the facebook is godilo uh, facebook uh, and um, I have a YouTube channel, but it's a long, drawn out name. So if you know they- what?
0: I'll put all that in the, the show notes below. I'll, I'll link everything there. So you got a YouTube channel for sure. And that is, you're going to see all that stuff. And I'll tell you that the website is beautifully built. Head over there, it's all laid you. in a wonderful fashion. And the way the current events roll up with it, beautiful.
1: Thank you, Adam. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Well, listen, Keith, I can't thank you enough for this, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to get back on here again because I'm going to want to. Take oh, I'd love a, to. I want to take a deeper dive into some of actually the the skills, the essential skills that we see changing in the workforce today. And with you yeah, talking definitely. to a lot of different people in the world of work, and I'm talking to different people, I'm curious to see is, is this trend truly changing, or people just saying the skills are changing, but they're still looking for the same old. Um, applications that they've looked for for centuries, for decades. Sure. I'd,
1: um, I'd love to. I'd love right. to, definitely.
0: Well, Keith, I can't thank you enough for your time. Sorry for the the rough start when we got rolling today. No, but, Adam, uh,
1: no worries. No worries, Adam. I thank you.
0: An- another year, I'll have this a little bit smoother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no worries, Adam. It's fine. <laughs> all
0: right, man. Well, listen, thanks again. Uh, Keith You're welcome. from Godilo, thanks for joining Accidental Apprentice podcast, and uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side. Thank you, Adam.